1: Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie.
0: And I'm Corey. Wait,
1: why are you looking at me like that, Corey? You've gotten
0: really sing-songy lately on the intro.
1: I know. Do you appreciate it? I'm Julie. Do you like it? Or no, do, I don't. That's do you want why. me to stop doing it? No. Cease? Should sure. I stop? And yeah. me- Let's, okay.
0: It's a serious podcast, Julie. All right. All I'm, right. Not
1: gonna, I'm not going to do that anymore. You're not the boss of me. Sure. Okay. On today's show, we have Gary Roberts. He is out of Florida. He has a top-rated podcast called Good Dudes Grow. Want to guess what he does, Corey?
0: Um, he's a farmer.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so to of, speak. Of sorts, yes. <laughs> so to speak, yeah. He is big into um, CBD, um, and he's had he's had a little bit of, uh, not a little bit, that, that's minimizing it. He's had a good bit of tragedy and tough times in his life, which I'm sure we'll touch on, but um, it'll be an interesting conversation once... Gary joins us, but before he, um, pops on, I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about how so frequently, and honestly, this happens when we think about, you know, the way that business owners approach us when they're, you know, want to, when they think they want to hire us, or they just want to have a conversation to find out if we're somebody they want to work with. It happens in the medical field a lot, um, where, People treat the symptoms and not the actual disease or the actual root of the problem. So it's a, it's a common thing that's not just limited to medicine.
0: Yeah, that root cause analysis is so important when it comes to understanding what's wrong with yourself or your business. And it's, the, it's something that with business owners that they don't often do. They see sales are down. So we just got to increase sales. It's like right. you're not understanding why your sales are. Your down. product sucks. Your product sucks. You're not training your team. Uh, it, I mean, it could be any number of reasons. It's not. Well, everybody just needs to sell more. No, you need to figure out because like all the things like sales will come. If you do like you don't focus on sales, you focus on your marketing, your branding, your training, your customer service, your culture, all of that, that will help grow your sales and keep them consistent.
1: All the things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that a lot of people have a a difficult time with um, identifying the root cause. They don't really know where to start. Um, And I think that that's across the board, right? I think as a society, if we're talking about just on the medical side, we there are there is a very large subset of our population that would much rather take a pill. Than actually fix the problem.
0: Oh yeah, that magic magic bullet, so to speak, to fix whatever it is. And it's I I saw something recently, but it's just talking about um, just the ways to be healthy, to be in shape, to X, Y, or Z. And they're like the the poster or whatever. There there is like just novels written about how to become healthier in life. The problem is nobody wants to commit to going to the gym, eating better, sleeping more, whatever it is.
1: Not nobody, but most people don't. Well, yeah, most there's people. A, there's a lot of people who want that fast fix.
0: Sure, because it, it's. I mean, it, it's it's hard work to get to that point. Whatever, mm-hmm. whether it's person, you know, with your 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 own health or your business. And people, they they say, I mean, they always want to talk about the fun things. So it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go on this diet or I'm going to get a new marketing person. And it's like, well, maybe there's something else you need to look in there. You know, you need to figure out that it's probably not marketing. It's not brand awareness that's that's causing your business to be unsuccessful.
1: Yeah. And I want to say something really that's probably very unpopular and it's um, not... It's not going to be, it's not nice, Corey. I'm going to say something not nice. Are you you here for it? Sure. I have never, ever understood or agreed with, and I know many people who have done it, people who go in and have like gastric bypass or some sort of weight loss surgery, right? Like I'm like, I don't understand why you would put so much risk on your health instead of. Making lifestyle changes,
0: sure. And there's the like I don't know what the actual statistics are, but it's something ridiculous. Like twenty percent of those are actually successful, where eighty percent of people who who use that because you're not working for it, you don't have any skin in the game. You're not. You're not. It, it doesn't mean anything to you because you had to pay some money to get this problem fixed, and you didn't care enough to try and fix the problem yourself. Right. Um, and, I mean, the same goes for business as well, where it's, oh, I'm just going to bring in an expert, and they're going to fix everything. Well, no. Like, I mean, it could help. It could certainly help, but the the hard work is going to have to be done by you to get your business to where you want it to be.
1: Always. And I think so many times people don't realize that. And a lot of people, like, again, I'm going to be unpopular today, I think. I don't know how that's different from any other day, and I know that's what you were thinking. Yep. <laughs> I, pe- people are lazy, and they don't like, t- they, they're, they're, you know, I, I have to, you know, the, there's a reason that the 80-20 rule exists, right? You know, I believe that most people will just quit or take that, that easy way out any chance they get. And I can remember months back when we had Tony Watley on the show, And Tony mentioned that really, like, surviving in business is really just a long-term play of beating everybody else out, right? Obviously, you have to have a good product and or service. But so many people just quit because it's so fucking hard sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very true because it's, uh, again, it's it's that slow build. I mean, you can get lucky and, and you can get some success and, and all of that. But yeah, it's it's hard. And like when we talk about uh, improving your business, firing yourself, working on uh, on your business, not on your business, like all of those things, it's it's something that takes weeks, months, years to get to the place where you want to be. It's not something that's going to happen overnight because right. it's it's culture change, it's processes, it's technology implementations, it's setting long-term goals and creating a path to hit those goals.
1: Yep, it's a lot of work. All right, we probably should take a break and bring in Gary and see what he has to say.
0: So many things competing for our attention these days efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses and that's why we launched certivium the newest business from the sb pace team certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service customer engagement and social media management we are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business their customers find out if certivium is right for your business at certivium.com
1: all right. Welcome back to BizQuick. We've got Gary Roberts with us. Hey, Gary, thanks for joining us. Thank you for
2: having me on your show.
1: How are you doing today?
2: I am doing awesome. How about you guys?
1: We are really good. Really good. Um, let's start by having you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your business, and then we'll we'll just take it from there.
2: Sure. Uh, I'm a 16-year veteran firefighter that got into the cannabis CBD industry because my daughter actually had an overdose for opiates. So I looked down that medical industry to get her off the opiates. Unfortunately, before it became legal in the United, in the southeast, it basically, I couldn't get in, in time for her to be able to take it. So ever since then, I've been fighting for first responders in people who are addicted to opiates to have access to this product. And I've created a podcast because Facebook and Instagram kind of told me to buzz off and not to to promote on them. So I said, what's the best way to get it out, but produce our own podcast. So I produced good dudes grow, which actually brings all types of stories about addictions, athletes using it, doctors, medical, everything from A to Z. So if anybody looks for information, they can actually go on that site.
1: Well, first off, I was really sorry to hear about your daughter. um, That, I, I can't even imagine, and um, I love how you have taken that and are doing something to help other people. That's that's absolutely amazing. Um, and, and I got to tell you, social media, the internet—they're uh, when it comes to like CBD and just—they're—they're they're stupid. We literally helped. A, we had a, a a client that we were helping in the summer of 2020. And he had a, a CBD company and all we did was helped optimize.
0: No, all we did was write a blog about, o- him. about him and our website got flagged and square removed our ability to get payments. Cause we wrote a blog about a business that we were helping and it had the word CBD in there.
2: Yeah. It's, it's trust me. I had to start over my payment processing when I first started about at least if not 10, a dozen times. Because I kept getting canceled. I had backup after backup after backup. So I've always had extra ones. And as soon as one went down, I had to throw the other one up. That one went down, I had to throw the other one up. It, it was ridiculous.
1: Who do you use for payment processing now, just out of curiosity?
2: Right now I use Square. I had to go through their whole, uh, I had to do a description, a interview process, everything from A to Z, prove, show all my licensing, my insurance, everything else. And then they approved it. That's crazy.
1: It's so insane. But at least you got at least you're good now. So that's yeah. good. That's good news.
2: The, the worst part on that part is when we first started, basically every processing company would consider it kind of like a porn site would consider it. the what are those, what do you call those sites? Basically. And know, hard to get to sites or those sites that are actually so illegit. They would ask us to actually pay six months in advance about 10 grand. And then they would take 50% of our fees, 50 percent of everything we passed through them. And then only after another six months would they slowly start to trickle that money back to us. So it was like, they were stealing half our money before we even got started and then we were hoping we'd stay open that long wow
1: that's
0: crazy but that that ties in well to the conversation that we were having before we brought you on about you know how building a business is not easy and so <laughs> uh, you obviously have a few more hurdles that you had to jump than most business owners but it's it's it taking that it's the you know the tenacity of the small business owner of the entrepreneur entrepreneur to stick with Stick with it so that they can build, you know, build their dream. Essentially,
2: correct. It, it was, it was, it was ever shifting. And this industry is still ever shifting with the new laws that come out every day. Is a new different, a different thing you got to follow, a different process. So you got to be prepared to actually shift with the wind as soon as you can, and flow with the, you know, flow with the punches, as they would say.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that um, you do, um, you're, you know, you are a firefighter, so you very much support that community. Um how how do you tie in or how do you how do you most effectively help them with your with your good dudes grow business
2: Well good dudes grow basically started out when I started in the CBD industry I didn't tell my fire department that I was doing it cuz they ask you what your second job is again technically I'm selling an illegal product back then. So I'm not going to get fired for selling illegal drugs, according to them, because they still see it as illegal. And a lot of people still see it as that, even though it was not. So I was pretty much afraid to actually bring it forward. So basically behind the scenes, I would give some uh, CBD products to some fellow firefighters who were actually feeling pain and had symptoms of uh, sleep insomnia, because it helped me out. And so I would give it to them since I spent the first six to eight months researching and studying the difference between THC and an isolate product, which is two different things. And we had to go with an isolate so we wouldn't actually get drug tested and lose our, basically our uh, our, our jobs, you know, because as soon as we get, we're, there's no tolerance. As soon as you find THC, no matter what it is, you're out, even to this date. And I'll, I'll come back to that how good dudes grow started. But when they, I gave it to my first few firefighters, I had a call, I would say, probably three days after I get to my first firefighter and he told me that, listen, I don't know what you gave me, And I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, great. He would fail the drug test. He physically says, I hated my kids. I'm getting a divorce. I want to hurt myself. Five days on your product. I no longer hear these dark voices from that day on. It made me think I can't stay behind the curtains. I now have to step in front of the curtain and go after the fire departments. And that's how I started advocating for us to have access to the product. And the only way to do that, because I got every door shut my face just like no it's illegal no it's illegal no it's illegal was basically created informational educational platform so i studied podcasts and said okay let's see what they're doing out there and basically they're doing a all the way on the left you got the guys getting completely hammered and stoned and and bonging themselves out and doing weird stuff and then on the right side you got every chemist in agriculture telling you how to grow it but there was nobody in the middle telling you why people were taking it what were doctors thinking what were people actually using it for their own stories why are athletes using it why are professionals using it so i just said i'm gonna go right in the middle and i'm gonna bring those people on my podcast and hopefully i'll start posting it and, and giving it to my my people in the fire department in an open doors and thank god i did because right now we're in talks with our, our department's management and uh, contract talks to actually get us full access to a hopefully low THC product that'll actually help firefighters.
1: That's, that's amazing. I, I have a question and, um, (laughs) I, I hope this doesn't come off as sounding obtuse, but how is using your product, CBD product, even small amounts of THC, how is that different than, prescribing some other medication to a firefighter, like an antidepressant or something where you're, you're still treating the symptoms and not not the actual problems.
2: Right, well, welcome to my world. That was what I had to explain, explain to everybody.
1: Perfect, I'm glad I asked that. <laughs>
2: it, it, it's the biggest argument in the room for every firefighter, every first responder out there. It's basically, it's a very simple process. Our testing, it's, it starts with the testing. Our testing tests for a Marijuana metabolite. That metabolite is an inactive inert substance that stays in our body for anywhere between thirty to six, thirty days to six months. So basically, if we inhale it, touch it, no matter we get it, our body creates the metabolite they test for. So it's not like they're catching us smoking, or they're catching us being impaired, or they're catching us stoned. They're catching something that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that stays in our body. Now, the key I told them is that we can get a prescription for Adderall if we can't focus. Well, Adderall is an amphetamine, so is cocaine. But as long as I could, got a prescription, I can use cocaine and say I'm using Adderall and get away with it. It, it made absolutely no sense to me how, how this can happen, that we can test for one substance and the other substance could not be tested for because it's an inert an inert, inert product. So I had to teach them the difference between what they were testing for and what we're testing for now and the advancements in testing to show that, hey, listen, our testing process is testing for stuff that doesn't, doesn't impair us, doesn't stop us from doing our job, doesn't stop us for anything else. So if we can use the federally legal, which is now no longer considered a controlled substance, low THC, high CBD product, even though there's THC in it, we're safe because we you can buy it at the corner store and you, you can drive with it, do anything you want with it. We're safe, so we just got to change those laws. But I had to teach them the difference between what they're testing for and what we're actually wanted to use. So that's the biggest conversation in the room. And I,
0: I, looking at your uh, social media, you definitely have some strong opinions on drug testing in general. And I've always thought that it was, uh, and I, I, my knowledge is is very low. You know, I don't have a lot of knowledge on the on the subject. I, I worked in restaurants for years, and all I know is that if we ever had to drug test. Our employees, we'd lose probably seventy percent of our staff. <laughs> um, but you maybe know, more. Maybe more. <laughs> but it, it, it is one of those things where it's just it seems it it seems ridiculous because for most substances out there, they're out of your system in a short amount of time, relatively short amount of time. And so, like the whole point, the only, in my opinion, the only reason you would want to drug test somebody is to see if they have that in their system right now. Like you are high, you are drunk, you are whatever. Um, Whereas like when it comes to marijuana or or THC or or whatever it is, like it stays in your system a lot longer. And I guess they're testing for the wrong thing as well.
2: Correct. The THC itself, depending on how much you use and how long you even use it, stays anywhere between three hours and nine hours in your system. Then it starts going down. But what I was trying to explain the before is that as soon as we consume any THC, whether it's whether it's secondhand smoke, whether it's absorption or anything else, our body's chemistry reproduces something called THC, C That's the metabolite that's an inert, inactive, non-psychoactive metabolite that stays in our body, in our fat cells. So if you have a big guy that accidentally went into a fire, he fought a warehouse that was a grow house because they're all everywhere now in all the states, grow houses, hemp farms, uh, vape shops he inhales, his body's going to create this metabolite. Three months down the road, he gets a random drug test. He pops positive. They either put him in a treatment program or they fire him on the spot. That's that's unacceptable. That, you know, you're not going to ha- it's not going to happen. You can't do that. Especially nowadays where there's so much more cannabis as medical cannabis in the state of Florida. and you know, A lot of other states have recreational. We're trying to teach them that we're not impaired. We don't come to work to, to get stoned. It's that simple. We don't come to work to get drunk, but we're allowed to go get drunk off shift. It it just makes no sense why let us use what we want on shift and just make sure that when we come on shift, we're not impaired. And that's the biggest thing. Well, you can see when we're impaired, you can see if there's something going on, but the key here, I was trying to focus on my podcast was there's athletes taking cannabis off days are still able to hit a 110 mile an hour fastball without, without, without even flinching. So The drug itself, cannabis, does not really impair you. There's still super people do running big businesses that smoke just to make them feel comfortable, to make calm themselves down, and they still run a full business. It's not like we want to go out and, you know, toke our brains up and do a bunch of smarties and eat all day. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop our PTSD, the voices in our head, the pain we have, the insomnia we have, which causes us, after retirement, only lasting five years, and then we die of a heart attack.
0: Yeah, and like that—that that drug testing because it wasn't Michael Phelps. I think he got um yeah. he got busted for for that. And I was like, how how is that that is in no way, shape, or form a performance enhancing drug?
1: Right, it's not helping <laughs> him swim faster. Yes,
0: exactly. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, and I I don't know. I mean, without the, all of these laws are archaic, or they're designed by whatever lobby to help. The industry that they're lobbying for, or whatever. So it's, it's definitely a tough fight. So are you down there in like, are you working more on a local level? Or are you trying to get like a national um, like changes to the to the laws and, and regulations?
2: Right now, I'm working on the local level and slowly I want to create local to state level because once we actually find the proper wording that one city can have, we can go to another city and say, here's the wording we had for those firefighters and slowly grow from there. But we've got to pass it in one department. One department has to be on the forefront of allowing this to happen so their firefighters can actually do this. Like other employers, what's happening right now throughout the United States, they're no longer testing for marijuana. And here's the reason why. Because what happens is it's a medical condition they're using it for now. So if you get tested for marijuana in several states, I think it was out of the 38 states to have recreational, I think 17 federal judges says you can sue the employer for firing you for actually popping a marijuana drug test in a medical cannabis state, because now you're going against the ADA laws because it's a medical problem. It's a disability problem. So there's there's people are fighting it and it's changing in those industries. But in the public service industry, it's that perception. The last thing they want to see is a firefighter completely running down the road with this, you know, smoking up this bong down the road with this fire truck because they think they're not going to be able to perform their job. But it's we're not asking, again, like I said, we're not asking for the to be able to smoke on shift. We're asking to use the stuff off shift that'll actually benefit us so that we can actually feel better on shift. It actually lowers healthcare costs. It helps us sleep. We'll be more productive. There's studies that show it. So that's what I'm trying to actually push for. And the only way I could have done that was actually going on my podcast by bringing the doctors, bringing the athletes, bringing other first responders who've actually went through this and say, hey, this is what we're doing and you're right.
1: So how did your, how, how has your department, um, your your firehouse and um, evolved with with your messaging and and how are they accepting especially like the chief and I I, I don't know I, I'm assuming that's the hierarchy in a firehouse I have, listen I, I I watch Rescue 911 I think that I think I'm right but I don't <laughs> yeah. know
2: it, it, it's funny because it is a hierarchy but then you got to work with the administration which is City Hall the mayors and HR so it's two different two different avenues they want to go. I, I started first with my union. That was the first thing I want to do because we were coming up with contract talks. I says, hey, let's just change the wording. They slammed the door in my face. This is not a chance. I'm not doing it. Until it's federally legal, we're not talking about it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we need to talk about the other stuff, CBD, low THC, that's federally legal, you, you know, you can't just wave that away. That's right there in front of your face. It's the same thing as getting a, you know, vitamin C from the vitamin shop. It's, it's right there. They still said no. Then I went to our uh, health committee, which basically creates all these new programs, basically created a program right now that we actually get a full body scan, uh, stress test, and everything else to check for any diseases because it lowers their healthcare care costs I says, well. Why don't we add this into it and we can use this as well? They says, OK. They went to H.R. and H.R. says, no, we don't want to talk about it. Slam my door in the face again. So for two years, I've been getting door slammed, door slammed. But I've been going, I said, OK, well, if you guys won't let me, I created the podcast and I went to the body, which is the firefighters himself. Hey, listen, here's what I got. Here's what I'm going to do. Try it, try it for this, try it for that. And slowly more and more firefighters started seeing a difference and it started coming up more and more at union meetings. Then finally, one day, I think it was a couple of six months ago, the union says, we need to talk to you. We're interested in actually now trying to change stuff. They talked to me. I sent them a bunch of laws, a bunch of information, a bunch of stuff. This is okay. Didn't hear anything else. Three months ago, they says, well, I need you to come to a presentation for City Hall, the mayor, the attorneys and everything else. So I went <laughs> uh, it was funny because I went head to head with the city attorney that they hired to negotiate our contracts. He's basically just there to pound me in the head, say, get lost. You don't know anything. I'm an attorney. What do you know? You're just a firefighter. Well, long story short, by the time I was done, he actually flat out says, well, I'm not an expert in the subject. It's going to be up to your city. So I educated him on what's going on. And so they're really open and they're talking more and more. Now, now I hear that the new HR lady that's in HR actually wants cannabis for the whole city. And I says, I don't want it just for the firefighters. I want it for the firefighters, police officers, and the whole city. I'm not looking just for us. I want everybody to have access. So she's very interested. She's all I think she's actually... I'm not going to say what she, I don't know if she's a patient or not, but I think she's very proactive in that arc. So our next conversation is to have her in the room with us and, and go at it. So it went from door slamming to, yes, we're going to try and pass this. Let's see what we can do.
0: Well, I mean, that that's great that you're making progress there for sure. And, and one question that I, I have, and then we're going to have to start wrapping up, but how much does um, insurance play into this? Because I feel like, because it, it always boils down to cost. Like there there's a there's a monetary reason why they don't want to do it and it again it's the there's a legal aspect or there's a, a, the insurance company will drop your coverage or whatever you know whatever it
2: There actually the insurance company does not play aspect uh, really much into it they have really no say to it because they don't cover medical cannabis so if we wanted to actually use medical cannabis it would be out of pocket for ourselves
0: well no i I, I, I meant in the sense of uh if they liability, yeah, insurance. liability like if they know that you're using this illegal substance or whatever, that it's going to work with compensation, yes, yeah, stuff like that, or yeah, getting injured on the job, causing problems, that type of stuff.
2: Workman's compensation, actually, their only thing is that we have to have a drug policy in place that actually states that we have to have a policy in place for all schedule one through five drugs that's schedule that's cocaine through Tylenol, that's all this, and then we're covered to get all fully federal federal grants and covered by the workman's compensation. So as long as they have a policy in place, which we already do for all the other drugs, we're good. We just got to change the wording from that metabolite testing to a serum testing and there's no, it's, there's, we're covered. The whole city's covered. They don't lose anything, they don't lose any laws, but it's trying to convince them of that. They, like, like you said, Julie, they're more interested in, oh, we'd rather see you on a, a, a benzo or an opiate than on a plant. That makes absolutely no sense. You know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have more issues on that, and cause more medical yep. problems. Where I have to go see more doctors. Where it's gonna healthcare costs the city even more money, because I got to go through this stuff. Where actually, if we use the plant, it'll reverse that and actually give us less less costs in healthcare. Because we're gonna start be able to get off our medications and not worry about it.
1: Yeah, well, it makes sense if you follow the money, Gary, <laughs> and the <laughs> money is big pharma. Yeah, yeah you, you exactly. Can, you can't
0: grow opiates in your backyard. You so.
1: cannot. Not <laughs> unless you're over in Afghanistan. Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but um, before we go, is there anything that we can do for you, Gary?
2: Uh, my biggest thing is actually promote the podcast so I can get more word out there. And if you would like to actually support our nonprofit which basically we're built a nonprofit for addiction, recovery, and PTSD. You can go to PromisesRecoveryCenters.com and just donate there. It's a nonprofit. You can write it off. It's the end of the year, so let's just get that going now. Awesome. Um, Well,
0: all of that information will be in the show notes, and thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you to all of our listeners, and I already said that everything's going to be in the show notes.
1: Yeah, the only thing we didn't do is ask Gary how people can find him.
0: Oh, well, I thought he did that. The promise
2: of <laughs> Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram at GoodDudesGrow, or you can actually go on the website, gooddudesgrow.com. All my information, my website, my CBD website, promises, it's all connected to that. So you just go there and I'm hooked up.
1: Perfect. All right, we'll drop that in the show notes as well. Um, and if you are... are ooh, oh, yeah. wow, I don't even know what just <laughs> happened there. <laughs> if you want to work with us, you can. We are available for hire. Um, You can um, head on over to sbpace.com and find all of our info. You'll also find every link to our social media. I'm just butchering the hell out of this right now. Um, I'm just going to ask you to take it from here. Yeah, go. Take it. Finish it.
0: Okay. So everything that you need to know about uh, about our business is on sbpace.com. Um, If you haven't already, download and rate our podcast, subscribe and give us a review and reach out to us about any topics that you might want us to cover. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, everything is out there on sbpace.com. We've got a book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. There is a digital workbook download available on the website. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased and read it, rate and review it, please. That helps us out. That's today, or the sh- that's it for today. Let's try that. I'm Corey.
1: I thought you were going to say, and she's Julie. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm Julie. And
0: this was BizQuick helping small businesses across America.